This is Midlife Mastery, session number 19. Welcome to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. If getting control of your time, your money, and your life matters to you, then you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Peter Fritz. Hey, uh, welcome back to Midlife Mastery, and thanks for hanging out with me again today. Uh, This time around, I want to talk to you about something which I've been guilty of for a large portion of my life especially in my uh, 20s and 30s, I guess, and that is this issue of comparing ourselves to others. Now, there's plenty of stuff out there that'll tell you that um, there's no point comparing yourself to other people, that we all are traveling on different paths, that it's you know it's not good for your own progress and that kind of thing. But I think that it, um, it goes far beyond that, and I think there are some very good scientific reasons. Well, not so much scientific, but some very good um, technical reasons, let's call them that, for, um, for why I think comparing yourself to others is actually pointless. Now, when we're young, we do lots of stupid things. Um, and it's mostly because we're ignorant, we're impulsive, and really our brains don't fully develop until we're in our 20s. But most of these things that we do, we tend to grow out of. But sadly, one of those things that we don't really, a lot of us don't grow out of, is comparing ourselves to, uh, ourselves to others. And it's evil twin, FOMO, fear of missing out. Consumerism is probably largely to blame. It's been said that we receive anywhere between 3,000 and 5,000 marketing messages every day. So, you know, we're conditioned to play what I think is one of the stupidest of games, and that's comparing ourselves to each other. Because no one one wins that game. Even if one day we find ourselves breathing that rarefied air that's only found at Buffett's or Kim's or Branson's altitude, there's always going to be someone who's richer, happier, smarter, healthier, or even more widely respected or envied than us. On a more suburban level... Our friends, they might live in a nice street, drive a flash car, holiday in the Maldives, you know, while we're struggling with just being average. But even if we aspire to a better life with nicer things, which of course is fine, I've got nothing against that, then we're still making what I think is a fundamental error when we compare ourselves to others. Let me explain to you why. I think it all comes down to, well, not all of it, but I think a a good part of it comes down to basic data. Have you heard of the butterfly effect? I wrote about this some while back, but essentially what it means is that the slightest variation in data at the input stage produces wildly different outcomes at the output stage. The phrase was first coined back in 1969 by American mathematician Edward Lorenz. He discovered that the details of a tornado could be influenced by just minor changes or minor disturbances like the flapping of the wings of a distant butterfly several weeks earlier. What this means for us in a practical sense is that the people that we compare ourselves to they will have received different input data, um, wildly different input data to us. So their outcomes are bound to be different. More than likely, the events and the circumstances that brought them to this very moment were massively different to ours. Now, whilst every teenager struggles with perpetual envy and FOMO, thanks nowadays largely to things like Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook, a huge number of us midlifers battle with it too, and I think probably for the same reasons. It also becomes a lot more pronounced when you decide to start a business or you want to build an audience for whatever thing it is that you're creating. We're often so driven by numbers like likes and follows and shares, subscribers and that sort of stuff. And we think that these things describe how well we're doing. But here's the rub. If we understand that everyone's circumstances are different and then we grasp the enormous impact that one slight difference can have on the outcome in, say, one or five or ten years from now... We realise that each of us has our own train to board, our own ship to swim out to. There are a lot of different things at play here. So I put together this list of what I think sums up 
14 reasons to stop comparing yourself to other people. First off, top of the hit list is you can't win the comparison game. And the reason is the goalposts are constantly shifting. The stakes are always escalating as each person in turn tries to outdo the other. No matter what level you get to, there's always going to be somebody who then surpasses that and then you want to surpass that and so on and so on it goes. It's, it's a state of perpetual motion. Um, number two, the people that you compare yourself to, they might have entirely different goals to you. Maybe they're driven by fame, while you're more concerned with feeding six mouths back at home. Number three, these people probably have very different condi- uh, living conditions to yours as well. Perhaps they've got a lot more free time than you. Maybe their kids are no longer in school. Or maybe their partner is a lot more supportive. And I think this can really make or break just about anything in uh, in your life. Um, I read a little while ago, I can't remember who said it, but um, they said that uh, your choice of partner was the most important um, investment decision that you'll ever make. You know, maybe the people that you're comparing himself, your, yourself to, um, maybe they were raised differently to you. There's so many different things, you know, who the hell knows what the differences were in or are in their living conditions. Uh, number four, what's important to somebody else might not be what's important to you. It's so important to do what matters to you. And I think this principle has to guide every decision that you make Otherwise, you're going to fall flat on your face or worse, you'll one day realize that you've just been an imposter all this time. Number five, this is a common thing, I think, especially with with younger people is they think that um, a celebrity's life is all rainbows and unicorns, but it just isn't. You could name just about any influencer or mentor or celebrity or successful business person And they all have their own set of problems. It could be their health. It could be family. Uh, Often it's self-doubt. You you often hear when you read, uh, well, you often discover when you read the bio or see an interview with somebody who you've known has been very successful all your life that they've struggled with self-doubt or depression or anxiety for a large part of their life. Um, It could be other things like uh, a lack of purpose or their own version of keeping up with the Joneses. Number six, and I think this is a big one too, you don't have one shot at making it in this world. You have hundreds of them, probably even thousands of them. Number seven, breakthroughs often happen when you stop being so attached to the outcome. I think there is a lot to be said for that saying, do the work devoid of the outcome. It seems that uh, this old law of attachment attachment and release, when we're really attached to the outcome, it always seems to elude us. There's nothing wrong, of course, with having uh, lofty goals and plans and dreams and ideals and all this kind of stuff. But the thing is that when we become so attached to them, when we have to make money out of them, when we have to be successful, when we have to, you know, have 100,000 followers, it seems that something in the universe just says, no, I'm not going to give that to you because you're just too desperate. I mean, you think back to when you first started dating, you know, this principle carries through on just about everything. When you're really desperate, It's like whatever it is that you're trying to attract into your life, it knows you're desperate. So it says no thanks. Uh, So I think that's a big one. Okay, number eight. Like happiness, success is usually a byproduct of focusing on something else, like simply doing the work regardless of the outcome, or delivering a great service, or doing something in the benefit of others, or perfecting your craft, becoming great at what you do. Usually the things that you seek are byproducts of the things you do. 
And when you're doing those things in the spirit of service um, and becoming good at what you do, then usually the things that you want come naturally as a byproduct of that. Uh, I was just reading one of the chapters in Tim Ferriss's book, Tribe of Mentors, talking about when he was undertaking tennis coaching. And um, the person who was was coaching him, I can't remember his name, I should have checked first before I came on the mic, but he was saying that um, you need to try a little less harder. You need to um, hit the ball a little softer. You need to uh, relax into it more. Um, That often winning and succeeding comes through trying a little less hard. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. Okay, uh, what are we up to? We're up to number nine. Uh, Those who seek short-term gains usually suffer long-term pain. I'm a big believer in playing the long game. I think that there is kind of a law at play here, which is often hard to isolate, excuse me, but I think that when you go after short-term gains in just about anything you care to mention, there is some kind of counterbalancing effect that happens down the line. And I think that if you build a solid foundation of doing the right thing for the right reasons in the service of others with a long-term view, then I think it's pretty hard to fail. I think long-term you'll always win if you take that approach to things. Uh, Number 10, I don't really think it's possible to miss your train. And this goes back to one of the earlier points I made about how you will have many opportunities. You don't just get one shot. Um, And the reason why you can't miss your train is because it's yours. It's not someone else's. It's, It's waiting for you to get on it whenever you're ready. And there's not just one of them. I think there's a whole fleet of them waiting for you. So I would say to you, find one that seems to fit your present stage in life and the things that are important to you now and jump on board. And if you don't like it, get off it early and then go choose another one. Sometimes one of the most important traits of a successful person in in all sorts of different endeavors is that they know when to quit and they quit early. Or they quit before they begin because they know that it's going to... Um, it's going to push them in the wrong direction. It's going to require uh, things of them that they're not prepared to give, certainly not for any you know length of time. Okay, number 11, the people who really succeed get through their failures quicker than their contemporaries. And this kind of dovetails into what I was just saying. You need to eat shit when you need to and then just move on. It's quite a skill that you develop over time where you realize where something is not going the way you want it to where you realize that uh, it's a sunk cost and there's no point throwing good time after bad or good money after bad and you know when to quit and you quit early. You get through your failures as fast as you can because it's very, very difficult and highly unlikely that you'll have a big hit first time around or second time around. You need to get through your failures as fast as you can. Number 12, never pursue something that doesn't sit well with your values. Your beliefs can, and I think should, evolve over time but compromising your values will usually kill the best laid plans in the end you don't want to have to compromise your values to achieve an outcome now i've been guilty of this when i was much younger um when i was selling stuff you know it's when you're young and you're hungry and you want money and you want fancy stuff you know it's it's very easy to um i don't know do things a little bit on the not so much sleazy side but you know, you don't tell the whole truth, you embellish things more than you should. And, you know, it just never feels right afterwards. Um, So, you know, make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're pursuing, the work that you do always sits comfortably with your values. And recognize that 
you know, your beliefs will probably evolve over time and they will become more rounded and you'll become less black and white about things. You will, the, the shades of gray will grow over time and expand. All right, number 13, just because someone has a million followers on social media or they've acquired and renovated, say, six investment properties, doesn't mean that you're cut out for the same thing. There are a million different paths to success. And when you realize that your definition of success for you is the only one that matters, then it's a whole lot easier to know where to focus your efforts. It's easy to look at somebody who has done really well at X, Y, Z and think, oh, well, that's what I've got to go and do. But, I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. There are so many variables at play when it comes to how or why a person became successful at something that your chances of copying that is very, very remote. And the fact is that certain personality types and certain people with a certain type of experience and upbringing and values and beliefs and everything are better suited to certain pursuits than others. So, you know, I I think it's very, very important not to think that, you know, one particular path is the only path. There are many different paths to success. And the last one, number 14, this is one I try to get through to my kids as often as I can. And this is one of the biggest lies I think we've all been sold. And I keep seeing it time and time again. And that is that we can have and be anything we want. Now, this is nonsense because each of us is blessed with our own unique set of superpowers. Um, I could want to be a pro basketballer all I like, but the odds of a 49-year-old short ass like me getting into the league is about a billion to one, and I don't like those odds. So I know it's much smarter to focus on my strengths than waste my life wishing for something that's pretty much impossible. So that's my top 14 reasons why I think it's a waste of time and it's pointless comparing yourself to, yourself to others. Living on your own terms and playing to your special talents and pursuing ideas that really matter to you will put you way ahead of the game, no matter what game you're playing. Comparing yourself to others especially when the variables are so complex, I mean, they're infinite really, which means they're impossible to replicate. It only creates stress and anxiety and and mostly just disrupts you on your own journey. Our lives are really short. I mean, I don't need to tell you this. I probably say this all the time, but you know, you know that. Ask any 80-year-old. Your life should be a rich one. It should be spent pursuing your dreams, your way, in your time frame. So my advice is go blaze your own trail. And let other people waste their lives playing the comparison game. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. You'll find the show notes of this episode over at midlifetribe.com slash 19. And before we go, I just want to read out a review from Shell Dog here in Australia. Uh, Shell says, Pete, I love your work. Keep the great content coming. You're very knowledgeable in so many areas. I have greatly enjoyed listening to your first few episodes. Well, that's lovely to hear, Shell. Um, not so sure about the knowledgeable in so many areas, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. If you've enjoyed this episode, then uh, why not subscribe? And if you could leave an honest rating and a review like Shell did, then that would also be wonderful. And it helps others to find the show because it somehow impacts the algorithms with iTunes and it you know, just makes it easier for the, uh, for the show to be found. So that's it for this week. Until next week, enjoy the rest of yours and I'll speak to you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. For more ideas on creating the perfect second act, go to midlifetribe.com and learn how to master your time, your money, and your life.